0: Hey guys, it's Crystal and Alita, and on this episode, we are going to cover The Bridges of Madison County. I'm Aww. so excited. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was a 1992 best-selling romance novella by American writer Robert James Waller, and I think it's interesting that Waller named the main one of the main characters mm-hmm. after himself, because... One of the main characters is Robert Kincaid. Yes. Yeah. So it tells the story of an Italian-American woman living on a Madison County, Iowa farm in the 1960s. Madison County is a real place, correct? Oh,
1: girl, I don't know. Okay,
0: we need to look that up. So the story starts off with the son of Francesca Johnson reaching out to a writer regarding his mother's story. The writer meets with the grown children and it starts off with her children finding her journals. And it documents her brief love affair with National Geographic photographer Robert Kincaid. He's visiting Madison County to create a photographic essay on the covered bridges in the area. Hence the title, The Bridges of Madison County. Exactly. Spoilers, if you haven't read the book, take a moment. But spoilers, their love affair ends... She goes back to her life, and he goes back on the road to cover different assignments for National Geographic. I'm looking at you funny, because I've got
1: so many things to say.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, let's let's get into the
1: novel. Okay, really quick. I've got to add this, and you'll find this funny. This book was first given to me when I was like 18 by somebody extremely churchy.
0: Oh, nice.
1: <laughs> and I I have no idea what she thought when she gave it to me, but I was like, it was the perfect book at the perfect part in my life. And I was like, thank you. Yeah, it was awesome, but it was so funny because it came from her. And I'm like, I don't think she even looked at what this was about. <laughs> oh, so she didn't read it. No, I think oh. she just recognized the title, got it for me for like a birthday or something. Oh, okay. And- gotcha. Mm-hmm
0: interesting so
1: it just was funny that it came from her but it was like exactly what I needed at exactly the right
0: time that's so cool yeah and that's funny okay so I thought you were going in a different direction with the story because I thought you were going to say the super churchy person you didn't know they read those kind of novels (laughs) and I thought I had the same experience where someone gave me a book and I thought oh thanks I'm sure this is going to be interesting and then it turned out to be like all sex. And I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> you and I are on the same page, lady." <laughs> no.
1: Yeah. In my case, I don't think she like even read the back of the book. I think she just recognized the title and got it for me. It has a very nice
0: picture, it's mm-hmm. picturesque on the uh, front of the book. By the way, Madison County is a real place in Iowa, so mm. just so we know. Okay. So let's talk about the length of the novel just just for starters because this is a very short book it is and so it's an easy read and if you don't have a lot of time it's something that you can pick up and finish like within a couple days yeah even a whole for you yeah a whole afternoon if my copy is literally only
1: 171 pages i had that in my notes to mention too but in that 171 pages it makes you feel like you've lived a whole other lifetime
0: Right, because, I mean, it covers so much, and it's only really the period that it covers is kind of like the main part of the story is in four days. It is. Yeah. Something interesting that I read, not that I always trust Wikipedia, but it says that it only took the author 11 days to complete the book. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So that's That's pretty interesting. Yeah. And something else that I came across the other day, even before we were going to do this book, I'm reading Stephen King's memoir called On Writing, and he mentions bridges. He's discussing lengths of novels, and he says that the length of the book doesn't always equate its worth. He writes, conversely, short doesn't always mean sweet. In some cases, parentheses, The Bridges of Madison County, for instance, short means far too sweet. (laughs) So I guess he found it a little too sweet for his taste, but that's not really surprising because he doesn't really write those kind of novels. No. But I just thought it was funny that he said in some cases short is a little too sweet. Yes. uh, Because it is a romantic story. They released the film based on the novel in 1995. Okay. Yeah, and you know, we were much too young to even... I think care about that at that point but I remember the movie coming out when I was little and I'm like okay cool whatever you know Clint Eastwood and Meryl Streep. I think so. Yeah. And
1: I've I have seen the movie but it's been a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah I finally watched it
0: maybe a few years ago. Yeah. They also released a musical in 2013. Really? Yeah so I'll have to look Look that up on YouTube or something. See if we can find some clips. It's. Uh, I wonder what they would sing about. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds interesting. So I have to
1: say though, this book is so well written that I actually had to like
0: Google because I thought that it might actually be nonfiction. I've read that in different reviews. I've seen that in different places where they say that it does read like a piece of nonfiction. And there was some review where it said... Let me see if I can find it. A short, poignant story moving precisely because it has the ragged edges of reality. Mm -hmm. That was by L.S. Klepp of Entertainment Weekly.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to be super scattered through this podcast, so you guys bear with me. And I'm going to have, like, sporadic thoughts. But this book I related so well with. Because, in my opinion, sometimes the greatest romances don't end up together.
0: Oh, definitely.
1: So, one thing that I loved was Robert's thoughts on working in the arts and feeling confined. Because they aim to produce what appeals to the average consumer. So, it puts a restriction on the artistic abilities. And I can relate to that somewhat. when you have something that you you do, like, for instance writing or photography photography or Mm -hmm. anything, it's hard when someone puts like a, um, not a price on it necessarily, but when you are promoting your art for a monetary value or whatever, Mm -hmm. and someone puts a restriction on what they
0: want. Exactly. It makes it really difficult. It does. You're having to work within the confines of what the public wants or what your clients want and maybe your vision doesn't really line up with what the general opinion is or yeah. what your clients want so i can definitely see that and it's interesting that the author chose national geographic because i would assume that national geographic has their their run of control as far as what what is popular in the magazine you know what i'm saying yeah. like maybe I don't know, maybe that's something he's experienced before. Could be. But then, you know, they're trying to sell magazines. They want to stay in business, just like all artists need to support themselves. So, yeah, that's a really good, that's an insightful I thought it was really interesting. And in Robert's perspective, not the
1: author, but the actual character in there, he had mentioned that some of the, I I guess it might have been National Geographic. For some reason, I'm thinking it might have been another employment at some Mm -hmm. point like previous or whatever but they had said that his work was too wild oh so yeah it was it was interesting to me Mm -hmm. something else that I want to mention in regards to the book I really enjoyed the subtlety of the intimacy shared between Robert and Francesca it's not I don't know it doesn't read like a
0: you know one of those like It's not, it's not steamy. Yes. It's more, I feel like it's more like a kinship. They, they immediately have this bond. Connection. Connection. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think you said in your notes, it's understated in some parts, but you just. It's really subtle though. Right. I love the way the author writes
1: in certain sections because you honestly, as the reader, feel it. Exactly, and it is—it's so subtle, but you almost become a part of that as well. So mm-hmm. I love that. I do too. Now, question for you: Okay, do you think that her marriage to Richard was the marriage of convenience?
0: Well, she was a World War II bride, mm-hmm. right? So she was. She does it, go, and honestly, I can't remember. Does it go into how she met her husband? Yes, it was in Italy. Okay, so she was in Italy at the time. Okay, she was. So I think there there may have been a part of her envisioning a different life in America. And plus, it's a whirlwind, you know, it's World War II, emotions running high, mm-hmm. things are romanticized, and maybe she was caught up in the moment and thought, oh, I'm going to go to America and be with my husband and have this life. And of course, she ends up living on a farm in Iowa. <laughs> and so I think of... When we have choices as to like where we want a vacation and where we want to end up and what we think would be beautiful and and it's not Iowa. It's typically. not. I mean, and no offense to Iowa, but you know, you're coming from Italy, and mm-hmm. that's kind of a romantic, beautiful country. So very true. Yeah. And part of me, now that you've mentioned it, part of me also
1: wonders. You know, World War Two, the theater was in Europe. Mm-hmm. I mean, in regards to this story. Italy in oh, yeah. Europe. Exactly. And so much was damaged. Right. Yeah. You know? I so didn't think I, about that part. I hadn't either. Mm-hmm. So maybe she she kind of felt like after the war America would be um, what's the word more stable
0: oh yeah definitely that kind kind of of, i mean they really they weren't scathed by the war in that aspect yeah. i mean there was no damage to to the u.s mm-hmm. as far as they were going to have to be rebuilding
1: a lot of right. that through europe so i wonder if that also didn't play into her decision that makes a lot of sense yeah but yeah i i couldn't help but think and i'm kind of curious on y'all's thoughts too in regards to this how many times have we seen Marriages of convenience even today. Oh, yeah. And what keeps them there. Mm-hmm. You know, is it the kids? Is it the stability? Mm-hmm. Is it money? Mm-hmm. You know, family ties, that kind of thing. Um, and that, how that plays into people's decisions in marriage. Right. It's an interesting concept. Like, you really see it play out in this. And we'll get into this a little bit more later. But it's just interesting to me, I guess.
0: Well, I think this brings us to two things. So, she's an Italian-American in Iowa. She was born in Italy, raised in Italy, and now she's in this... I mean, she's been there for, what, 20 years? She, so has, she yeah. has, she has acclimated to her surroundings, but... She's still kind of an outsider. Right.
1: Even though people in the community have accepted her, she mm-hmm. still doesn't feel like she really belongs. Mm-hmm. Um, She still has visions of that girl back in Italy. Right. So she feels like some of that's a little bit trapped, too. Mm -hmm. And when Robert comes
0: in, she's able to be that person again. Right. Or see see that side of herself again. She's dealing with an outsider as well, so she can be herself. Yeah, exactly. And, And I think that has... I think that resonates a little bit, because sometimes it's easier to be your true self around a complete stranger because they have no preconceived notions about you. Very true. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah. So going back to her marriage mm-hmm. and being able to be herself with Robert, did she, did she truly love her husband or did she kind of get trapped? Like, what do you think? Okay, so I think it's very hard because I
1: think there's different facets of love, you know. Yes. You know, you can have the romantic butterflies, that kind of love. But there's also something to be said about stability and... Loyalty. Companionship. Companionship, friendship. So something I do want to mention... That Francesca says in reference to her marriage, she says, Yes, it's boring in a way, my life that is. It lacks romance, eroticism, dancing in the kitchen to candlelight, and the wonderful feel of a man who knows how to love a woman. Most of all, it lacks you. But there's this damn sense of responsibility I have. And when she says it lacks you, she means Robert. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. To me, it's almost heartbreaking when she talks about her marriage because it has fallen into convenience and complacency. And part of her is just desperate to have her husband appreciate her feminine. Help me, friend. Femininity. (laughs) Yes, that doesn't roll off my tongue easily. Tire iron. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's tire iron all over again. Anyways. She desperately wants her husband to appreciate that about her, as Robert does. And maybe he did 20 years ago. Exactly. Yeah. But it has fallen
0: into just complacency. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Which can happen in any, you know, any setting,
0: any type of, And that's why
1: it's so realistic to me, because Mm -hmm. how many many times, even, you know, a few years into marriage, like... Or just a relationship. Yeah. Can it get
0: kind of routine and exactly
1: definitely exactly okay question for you sure do you feel that Francesca and Robert were fortunate or blessed to have such a rare kind of love or were they cursed
0: that they experienced it and yet couldn't be together in the end so uh, I think in the end they were fortunate to have met I wouldn't say they were cursed but I would say it is tragic that they were not meant to last but there is something and you touched upon this just you know earlier there is something and i don't want to say it's admirable Because I don't think that's exactly the way I would describe it. But to her upholding her responsibility, as you mentioned in the quote before, I think that shows the depth of her love to her family. And that's a different kind of love. It is. it is. But it's still a love. It's a love of sacrifice. It's a love of duty. It's a love of loyalty and responsibility and companionship and all of those things. So I think that really shows her strength. Mm -hmm. And... I think she was fortunate to experience what she had with Robert because now she knows there's someone out there in the world still loving her that way, still having that true knowledge of herself, of how she really is and who she really is. And she has someone out there. Maybe they can't be together, but she has someone who knows her true self. And I think that might just be, that might be the romantic in me talking, but
1: that's, no, you know, I how love it feels. that. And I feel kind of the same way because I feel like it is such a rare thing mm-hmm. to find someone who understands all facets of you. Completely gets it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and even if you're not able to be together, you know, that person still has a place in your heart. Uh, spoilers. But at the end of the book, it talks about when he passes away. Mm-hmm. Um, when Robert passes away, I'm sorry. And he sends her... A medallion that he wore around his neck all this time, and she um, she had noticed in a picture of him in, I believe it was in National Geographic, mm-hmm. and she used a magnifying glass and saw that it had her name on it. Oh! And so after he passed away, he had his attorney send her that, and so he had worn it all that time. He had worn it all
0: that time, you know.
1: It, I think he had lived like maybe twenty more years mm-hmm. in the in the novel. And so, I think that just really shows how deep and how true their love was. So, I would say that they were fortunate. Definitely. And I love what you said. That was awesome. Thanks, friend. So, another question. Do you think that in such a short period of time, as we stated, the events really took place over a span of four days. Mm -hmm. Do you think you have the ability to impact somebody
0: to where it will
1: last in a lifetime
0: I think anything is possible really I think even just in friendship mm-hmm. or in love you can develop a bond that lasts a lifetime you can develop something like that in a very short period of time and I think you know we're talking about a novel but I definitely think that's true in life I maybe it doesn't happen as often as it's portrayed in fiction you know because yeah. everybody I love you know, I love Disney, but Frozen, she's like, you can't marry a man you just met. And it's like, that's the whole premise of the Disney princesses from a long time ago. But you know, they're getting there. So I think it's not, you know, it doesn't happen as often in real life. But I think it does happen. It can happen. What do you think? Absolutely. I
1: I feel the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, It may not happen every day for everyone. But I do feel like it does happen.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And it is completely possible. I've had people touch my life, not necessarily a span of four
0: days, but
1: where, you know, that, that bond or that connection has lasted
0: Mm -hmm. years. I want to do a little exercise for those of you listening. You probably thought of a person that you had that experience with, and if you haven't had it yet, you know, that's understandable too, but for those of you who have, you, that person probably just immediately popped in your head. Exactly. So I think that's really
1: cool. And I do want to say, in this book it holds a really special place in my heart. And I was like, ah, oh, don't get emotional when talking about this book. Oh. But truly, it reminds me so much of someone from my past mm-hmm. that still to this day impacts, you know, my mm-hmm. life. And so, I don't know, this book is just special to me. and And I feel like I have experienced that in a certain way. So I've I've just really enjoyed this book.
0: And let us know if you feel the same way or if you if you think, nah, I don't think so. Just You're completely wrong. (laughs) I do not agree with what you're saying right now. So let us know. So let's switch gears Mm -hmm. for a second. Let's talk about you mentioned something about her children reading her letters, her journal, understanding the story. Okay.
1: So, I have so many thoughts on this part. I think it's incredible that she wrote okay, so again it's fiction, y'all. Right. So, but, but, but the author he he wrote it so well it does feel like it's nonfiction. Mm-hmm. That's anyways. So when her children stumble across this after she's passed away, I have several thoughts. Mm-hmm. First of all, I don't think as a woman I could write all of that to make sure that my children knew that. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I feel like... <laughs> yeah. <that's>, <laughs> <laughs> I it's a lot. Get, it is, yes. And um, just, you know, first of all, you're acknowledging that you had an affair while they were at, at a livestock fair. Right. So I, I just think that's a little strange. I can fully understand like the writing side of me fully understands wanting to have your story out there sometimes it's like such an intense need to have your story told mm-hmm. you need somebody to be able to relate or you need somebody to understand what happened so I understand that part of it but it's such an odd dynamic when she's telling her kids this right also they are like weirdly understanding where I think you know, like, okay, and it might be their age because they are a little bit older, right? I think immediately of a teenager though reading that, and they're like, "Ah, oh, oh, I don't want to hear about that." Of, <laughs> oh, you know, or being resentful. So, right, how they're how could like, you do this to my dad or that sort of exactly. thing? Exactly. Yeah, they're oddly understanding, like right off the bat. So that part's a little bit strange to me. I, but like I said I do understand her needing to get her story out.
0: Right. And I do have a something to add to that part. Okay. Maybe it was kind of strange the way that the the grown children reacted. Sometimes I feel like as we get older we are able to see our parents as separate mm-hmm. separate beings who who have lives Aside from being a parent, yeah. it's just like when you used to see your teacher at this grocery store or something and you thought, oh my gosh, what are they doing here? It's like you don't <laughs> see outside them outside of school. <laughs> outside of school, why are they here? You don't see these people in your formative years, you don't think of them as having lives outside of you because as kids, we're usually pretty self centered. Yeah. And that's just how kids are. But, Absolutely. So you don't have um, the capacity to, to really understand. And then as you get older, of course, you realize, oh, my parents had a life
1: before Outside me. Of
0: Outside of that. They have a life going on that I have no knowledge about because I'm young and I don't notice these Ignorant things. or to they that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I also think, like, you really
1: reach a new point in adulthood when you start to see them as human. Yes. You know, full of flaws. They're no longer just like a role model or like an idol or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, you start to see that they do have a
0: human nature. They have a sin nature too. Right. You know. Maybe that gives you some inflection to your childhood and maybe why some things were like they were. Why you experienced some things. And then maybe... You know, for our friends out there, for people who are listening that have kids of their own, they're probably thinking, "Mm-hmm, yeah, <laughs> that's what my pa- that's what my mom was going through." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think that's interesting. Another thing I wanted to add, maybe from the writing side, from the author's perspective, maybe he really couldn't figure out a way to tell the story. So maybe he had to introduce this concept of. I really want to tell this story of this beautiful love affair that happened, but I don't know how to introduce it. So, how could I introduce that to the world? Very true. Yeah. So. So that's his like his lead up, or right? Whatever. Like, yeah. how do I? Because I think you talk about writing. We've dabbled a little bit, both of us. So. I think, with the explicit details that he goes into, I kind of think, okay, her kids reading the journal is just a way to introduce the main characters and the readers to the real story. Like, okay, here's this introduction. Maybe the author thought this would be a good way to highlight the reader's perspective on their parents because, like we were saying, children look at our parents as parents, not with these people who live completely different lives from what we're living at the moment. So I just thought... Maybe.
1: And you mentioned the inflection. Mm-hmm. And to kind of piggyback off of that, in the end, when they are... Okay, so we are introduced to the children in the beginning of the novel. At the end, they it actually has her letter to them and
0: mm-hmm.
1: some of the documents that Robert gave to her. And her daughter mentions the fight that her mom had mentioned in the letter to them. She had had a fight with her mother because she had found a dress hanging in her mom's closet, and she she had never seen her mom wear it, and she wanted it to be tailored to fit her mm-hmm. and her mom would not let her touch that dress
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's why. Because that was, she wore that the night that she danced in the kitchen with Robert Kincaid. Oh. Yeah. I've forgotten about and that And so part. it was, it was kind of a moment of inflection of like, okay, that's
0: why. That's why we got like, into this argument. Yeah. Exactly. hmm Such a good novel. <laughs> it is. So do you want to talk about your favorite quotes?
1: Oh, yes. So many. So this actually was from a previous girlfriend or not even a girlfriend necessarily, but a previous lover of Robert Kincaid. She said, I sometimes have the feeling you've been here a long time, more than one lifetime, and that you've dwelt in private places none of the rest of us have even dreamed about. Now, while I don't necessarily subscribe to the idea of reincarnation, I fully appreciate the romanticism of it. The idea that you have walked on this earth before, possibly been with someone before.
0: And I think that is kind of the the mysticism behind when you do develop bonds with people and you think have we have we met before so a funny story and this is why (laughs) this
1: like hit me hard okay the person that I'm referring to that like we had a really deep connection we argued all the time (laughs) (laughs) all the time and so one day we were we were somewhere and we were arguing and someone who knew us both they they said to us Do you ever think that maybe you were just married in a past life? (laughs) And And you stop and think, and you you do, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, oh my
0: gosh, that could be what it is." (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. So, anyways, that's why
0: I love that quote. I love it too. So
1: beautifully written, it is. There's so many. Is he is such an incredible writer because Mm -hmm. even the the dialogue in this is Mm -hmm. incredible. So Robert in a letter to Francesca says, I look down the barrel of a lens and you're at the end of it. I begin to work on an article and I'm writing about you. I'm not even sure how I got back here from Iowa. Somehow the old truck brought me home, yet I barely remember the miles going by.
0: Can we just take a moment to appreciate the fact that he barely remembers getting home? Yeah. Like his emotions were just right. running rampant, I'm sure. Of course, it's a novel and this is a, a sensitive soul and that sort of thing. But I just think there's so much sensitivity in his words. She references him several times, or Francesca references him several
1: times as a poet. Mm-hmm. And so that's a pretty... You a know, poetic... Yeah, it's just a poetic ease, yeah. ease statement. So another one that I love... Francesca said, as she was looking down at the photograph that he had taken of her during their time together, "I never looked that good before or after. It was him—the glow of love, yeah—the glow of deep connection and love. I love it." And later, her daughter looks at that at that photo, and she is just astounded that that's her mom.
0: Oh wow! Because yeah.
1: she looks different. Yeah, and just something it was different him. about her. So something that I loved. And I don't know why I love this statement so much, but Robert Kincaid says, Analysis destroys holes. Some things, magic things, are meant to stay whole. If you look at their pieces, they go away.
0: Oh, I love that too. Yeah. I guess it's a matter of don't always try to, to think of things through. Don't try to over-analyze, overanalyze it. Yeah. Don't overthink it. Just be. Yeah. So, I love that too. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Robert also says, I mean,
1: if you don't mind my boldness, you look stunning. Make them run around the block howling in agony stunning. I'm serious. You're big time elegant. <laughs> now, I know this is a work of fiction, and Robert is not a real person. But dang, guys, learn from him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> gosh. Why
0: can't guys give us compliments like that? That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, like he's sensitive, he's poetic, and... <laughs> I love that. I just, just get that. Just get a card. Just get a really thoughtful card. <laughs> they make beautiful cards that can say the words you can't.
1: <laughs> so, while dancing, the author writes, She had become a woman again. There was room to dance again. In a slow, unremitting way, she was turning for home toward a place she had never been. Hmm. I just
0: like that line. I think that speaks to... You know her previous home in Italy, ravaged by war. Yeah, and now her other home is not really a home. It's, I mean, it's where she lives, but is she really at place there? Is she mm-hmm. really at peace there? Yeah. So finding him was like finding her Herself. real home, her her real self. Yeah. And I've I've made this observation lately dancing in their homes like i've seen it on movies i'm just like do people really do that let us know do you dance do you dance with your significant other in your home in your kitchen in your living room (laughs) do you really do that do people really do that i don't know it's super romantic like it is but like do they really i mean so sometimes now and then a little like hug or a little bit but not like full-on, you know, if you've read the novel or if you've watched the movie, they're really dancing and yeah. in, in for a long time. And I'm thinking, nope, mm-mm, my husband does not dance. He does not do that, so. <laughs> so many men don't. No, they don't. Yeah. No. So I wonder if that really happens. But it's it's very romantic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so another quote that you have in your notes, and I have in your notes, <laughs> it says about Robert, And he knew, finally, the meaning of the small footprints on all the deserted beaches he had ever walked, of all the secret cargoes carried by ships that had never sailed, of all the curtain faces that had watched him pass down winding streets of twilight cities. And like the great hunter of old who has traveled distant miles and now sees the light of his home campfires, his loneliness dissolved. At last, at last, he had come so far, so far. Again, just this author blows my mind. Yeah. He can string some words together. Yes, he can. So there was another one when Francesca asked him not to make her leave and says, don't make me give this up, my responsibilities. I cannot do that and live with the thought of it. If I did leave now, those thoughts would turn me into something other than the woman you have come to love. So true. I
1: love this line because if she were to leave, It would not be the same. No, it would not be the same. She would still think about her children. She would still think about Richard. And you wonder, would there be resentment somewhat for for her having to make that choice?
0: Yes. So I feel like it's come full circle because I used to think when I was younger, way younger, I remember the point where I feel like I really matured in my... Romantic views or whatever you want to call it, because previously, I would think, Oh, why doesn't she just leave with them? Just run away with them, just get out get out of there. Mm-hmm. But now I look at it and I think again, the love of sacrifice, the sacrificing what you want because you know what you need to do. I watched a movie, I can't remember what the movie was, but there were two men. There was like an ex-husband. And a new boyfriend and the woman was kind of caught between the two and her ex-husband was like not a very nice guy and he was trying to get back with her but then she had this new boyfriend who was a super sweet guy and really nice and treated her well and I remember thinking huh I'm rooting for the new boyfriend (laughs) not the crappy ex-husband look at me (laughs) I have grown I have matured. <laughs> but seriously, yeah. like, I remember very clearly thinking, huh, I feel like maybe when I was a teenager or in my early 20s, I would have been like, oh, yeah, get with the ex-husband. He's hot. Like, he's, he's got it going yeah. on, and he's dangerous and exciting. He's a bad boy. He's a bad boy, mm-hmm. yeah, which this doesn't have anything to do with Bridges because it was a completely different relationship. But, again, I can admire that she was willing To give it all up because she already had a family. She already had responsibilities. She had ties. She had ties and she couldn't do that. Like you were saying, she couldn't do that to her children. Mm -hmm. And I love how she says, don't make me. Because she's tempted and she's telling him, we have to be the bigger people. Like we cannot just let our emotions make us do this thing where we probably would resent each other later on. So I thought that was a really good quote. Also... In reference to this, the author
1: says several times in the story, especially, I mean, like towards the ending, after she's already made her decision and she's decided to stay with Richard, there's a point and it's just, it's heart-wrenching because she gets, like their truck gets behind Roberts Mm. on the street Mm -hmm. and she sees him pulling away and going back to Washington, you know,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and... She says, I could stop him. I could have him talk to Richard. You know, I can't remember how it's worded, but mm-hmm. it it talks about her having to, like, kind of kill that thought even mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. You know, she's already made her decision, but she's like, I could, I could stop him right now. Right, if I just take action, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: she doesn't. She doesn't. No. Oh, another quote that I love. Robert says, In a universe of ambiguity, this kind of certainty only comes once and never again, no matter how many lifetimes you live. Mm. And again, I think that speaks
0: to the rarity of their connection. Mm -hmm. Do you want to read the next one? Sure. So in a letter that her kids found, Francesca says, the paradox is this. If it hadn't been for Robert Kincaid, I'm not sure I could have stayed on the farm all these years. In four days, he gave me a lifetime, a universe, and made the separate parts of me into a whole. I have never stopped thinking of him, not for a moment. Even when he was not in my conscious mind, I could feel him somewhere. Always he was there. So again, I think just having him out in the world, knowing that he was there, and knowing the gift that he gave her was enough. It was a comfort, it to, was her a comfort to her all those years. And she held that close. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> so good.
1: <laughs> she held it close, and it's something silly as a table. So her husband insisted on getting a new kitchen or dining room table. Mm-hmm. And she didn't want it. Mm-hmm. And so after he passed away, she had her son bring the old one back in. She had kept it for all that time. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so she had this ritual every year where she went through, I think it was on her birthday, she went through everything, like all of his, all of Robert's memories and mementos Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It was just very sweet. So in reference to her burial request, she had her ashes scattered where Robert's were scattered, which was by the bridge that they had met at. I know. Man. And so she says... In her letter, I gave my family my life. I gave Robert Kincaid what was left of me.
0: Oh, I have chills. Oh, (laughs) yeah, I have chills too. Oh
1: man, it was just the sweetest thing. Yes. So I hope you guys will give it a read. It's a very easy read. Mm Mm-hmm. But beautifully written. Oh yeah, incredible.
0: Already stated. Do you have anything else to add, friend? I think that's it. We, you know, we didn't go into the moral aspects of this. (laughs) And again, because I feel like this is an escape from reality.
1: <laughs> You're talking morality. I'm sitting here thinking, Pish
0: Posh <laughs> Well yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I can't throw stones at this. But it's it's fiction and I, I think it should be treated as fiction. So I mean, I I just think what a great insight into into something that could possibly happen in real life. Yeah. So, we're not going to talk about the moral issues of this book. <laughs> That's for another time. And again, this is an escape
1: from reality. So. Very true. Yeah. You guys have a wonderful day.